Mariachi band? You got a mariachi band? My mama calls in you on TV. Sunset shit done changed. Ever since we was on, I dreamt it all. Ever since it was, you they say I won't be nothing. Now they are the same. Congratulations. Congratulations. Your mom. Worked so hard, forgot how to vacation. Yes, they ain't never had the dedication. You know, I feel like uh, had we had that mariachi band out on the sandbar today, the uh, opening act, the uh, lovely tramp on the John boat would have been able to shake that moneymaker a whole lot better. I mean, I I really think (laughs) that she had something going on on her phone that she was dancing to that we couldn't hear. It It could have been that. (laughs) Um, It is uh, Cinco de Mayo Um, For us here in the Taylor Park It was Cinco de Sandbar We uh, have all been together since uh, around about lunchtime And it's it's rather late now And uh, we've uh, survived a uh, early pre-summer marine special warning storm yeah, the uh, JB's um, warm beer and cold food, <laughs> and uh, we were marooned. We were marooned. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, the three-hour tour. Mm-hmm. There was a little uh, Gilligan's Island going on today, but uh, our island was uh, there over in Bethune, along the beach in lovely New Smyrna. Well, it's uh, episode 26, Taylor Trash Fly Fishing, and uh, it's been, holy shit, boys, can you believe it? Like three weeks since we've sat down. Wow. You know, we had a little uh, Easter weekend, and uh, and I guess just a couple of weeks that everybody was busy, and we had some relocation of some... uh, Oh, work relocation stuff. Work relocation stuff. uh, Bigger, better, faster. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, here we are. So uh, we're going to keep pounding on the board, keep this thing alive, and uh, see if we've got anything to talk about. Uh, 
Let's just talk about that storm again. <laughs> you know, it, it I'm was... like shaking. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, you know what was worse than the storm today? It was the uh, it was the fucking bugs after the storm. Dude, oh, the yeah. no seeing came out if, in force. If that is any indication of what we have coming this summer, it... brutal, brutal, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely brutal. Um, to experience that all summer long. And we slathered up. I sprayed down a couple times. See, I... I, I, Oh, you did. I I, I stayed pure. I stayed pure. I was like, you know what? If it was okay for George Washington to let Mm -hmm. blood, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and be willing to do that myself. No, it didn't help. It didn't (laughs) help. (laughs) No. I think it's going to be a protective clothing type type summer. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Long pants, long sleeve shirts. Whole nine. Well, you know, before we get too deep into uh, what we may or may not be thinking about current events and what we've been up to, um, we're a little bit behind in the mailroom. So I think maybe we should try to catch up out of the mailroom. Good idea. One of the uh, packages that we have been sitting on here for a little bit uh, Flats Pirate out of Jacksonville Beach. Um, I guess it's a uh, little uh, apparel company that uh, somebody has uh, apparel, stickers, etc. They were kind enough to uh, drop a little package in the mail. Uh, a bunch of stickers, a couple of koozies. So uh, if you're looking for a Flats Pirate koozie or some pirate inspired stickers these are your go-to guys um i actually like their uh pbr flats pirate Mm -hmm. uh take you guys can pass those around grab what you want well thank you gentlemen yes thank you flats pirate we're gonna call you blackbeard from now on so thank you blackbeard Uh, the next package that we have, I think you guys are going to like this one a lot. Uh, I know, uh, I was pretty stoked when I opened this and I feel bad that we've been sitting on it for so long, but, uh, Brandon Smith, um, from down Texas way, down uh-huh. in the, the great Republic of Texas was super awesome and sent us, uh, a pretty cool package of stickers, and uh, this is all the way back in March. So okay. that kind of gives you an idea just how far behind we are in the mailroom. Uh, Brandon, very classy touch. I always love it when you get a handwritten note in a package. Uh, to the crew, I have nothing witty to say. <laughs> Enjoy the stickers, Brandon. <laughs> so, you know, with further no further ado... Um, he, he has some really cool artwork and stickers and I'll be honest with you. I kind of stacked them up, um, kind of favorite on, on my own part. You guys can, you know, land where you land this mangrove, um, in the Rasta colors is like super rad to me and, uh, really dig it. Mangroves are kind of a theme, little smaller mangrove sticker, little circle, pretty awesome. 
Same mangrove sticker, different color coordination. Yet another mangrove. Nice. Different color. Pretty rad. And one final colorway of those stickers. <laughs> nice. Sweet. And then check out these permit, guys. Permit from Brian Smith. Getting oh, down on the crab. Yeah, really cool. There's one of the large ones. I'm stealing one of them. You guys can fight over the other. It's like the uh, kind of like the skinny water culture one, but without the gay uh, joint in his mouth. <laughs> there you go. And then same same sticker, smaller. Plenty of those to go around. Brandon, um, awesome artwork, brother. Yeah, looking good. Yeah, legit awesome. Now these are really cool. He actually makes stickers that are cut. So that they could go onto a Cliff's Bugger yeah. Junior. Oh, yeah. So there's the permit, and then also the mangrove. I'm gonna swipe one of the mangrove ones, and then you guys can. That is such a good idea. Isn't that that's, awesome? Yeah. That's like next level. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So uh, Brandon down in Texas, thank you, Sarah. We really appreciate yeah. it. Sorry, we've Honestly, been a little man. remiss in getting to your package, but we. Absolutely appreciate it nonetheless. And uh, nice touch with the personal card. We appreciate yeah, it. For sure. Your stickers were witty, even though your letter was not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the other packages that we have um, Brad from Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, Brad actually sent us some beer. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thank you, Brad. And it is the Spot Tail Blonde Ale out of Eagle Creek Brewing Company. It's going to go in the fridge. We're not drinking it tonight. We've been drinking pretty much all fucking day. Um, So, uh, you know, this isn't really a Cinco de Mayo beer. We want to be able to appreciate it and experience it. So we'll do a beer review next time that we're on the show. And... uh, he actually stuck an extra $20 bill in the package oh. and simply said, want to buy you guys some pizza? Carl, specifically addressed to you. Nice. Sorry it wasn't pizza and wings, but right. he did what he could do. Right. I like that can, too. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, the can's yeah. really cool. So uh, that is uh, mail call for today. We, we actually still have some mail over in the mail room, but uh, we're not going to bore everybody with... Uh, <laughs> All of our mail that we're getting, we'll, we'll catch up, and I think we'll be almost close to current by the nice. time we get done on the next show. But for uh, episode 26, Mail Call, everybody, fucking rad stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, boys, we, um, we've been uh, away for about three weeks. Um, last time we had... Uh, had some Chip guests. and yep. uh, Sky here. Mark, you were yep. you were down south and uh, missed their visit. Yeah, but it was because you were down south with uh, your son. You did uh, the Barrett Jackson car show. Barrett Jackson and attempted D- attempted a little fishing down a that little way. Fishing, yeah. Caught a few largemouth. Yeah, I wanted a peacock. But yeah. No clownfish or... No, no, not this time. 
You know, I saw somebody on Instagram the other day, and I, I, I don't know who. Doesn't matter. They were catching those. What is it? A clown, clown knife, knife fish. Clown yeah. knife fish. And I was like, man, I want to get in my truck and just like drive to South Florida. It's after not that far. That there, there, there was a lake in. I guess it'd be West Palm, just uh-huh. north of West Palm, that had them. Really? Yeah. It was wicked looking. Yeah. Like it is. I I haven't caught one on fly. I caught one on spinning gear. And I was kind of scared to like unhook to, it. Yeah, I was like, like a, do they like have a teeth piece of an eel? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, it's wow. an aquarium fish that uh-huh. just just keeps gets growing and, and you know, and I didn't know what the hell to do. Like, <laughs> what the hell is this? And he's like, oh man. <laughs> well, you know that you know that's a one of the things that I haven't done enough of. I've I've gone down there and you know put my toe in the water, so to speak, a couple of times and. I've caught a couple of different, you know, quote-unquote exotics, um, but uh, I, myself personally, I've never gotten the uh, peacock bass um, checked off the list, yeah. but uh, certainly would love to. So uh, if anybody listens from uh, down South Florida way and wants to uh, play host, yeah, I'd love to come down and uh, tromp around and uh, Same. see some dead hookers in the ditches and... Maybe catch a That's couple. That's what of, it's about, man. They yeah. walk around, yeah, just hiking around like in town, in, in town, urban, right? Yeah, yeah, Miami and Fort Lauderdale. I know some of the. I guess it'd be snakehead fishing and some of the better peacock fishing in Fort Lauderdale is like kind of Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. Like going out west, big long man-made. It's on orange. Yeah. You know, it's in the middle. Uh, yeah, to the middle of the road, just straight ditch. Really, for miles and miles, you know, obviously, like just super between like seawalls, right? And it's like some of the premier, like well, you have that one that stretches five ninety five. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So when when you say snakehead, is it the same snakehead that like rich up in DC they get in the Potomac? Is it the same snakehead? Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that. No, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean. I think I honestly I think it is seventy five percent sure uh-huh. it is. Yeah, and and that's crazy to me that you know you, you think exotics and you think you know subtropical, and then you find out that there's snakeheads in the Potomac River, yeah. which fucking ices over, and you know it's yeah, like right. maybe some of these fish that um, I don't want to say that we're lucky enough to have in Florida, but we we do have in Florida. Um, through the aquarium business, yep. um, actually aren't all tropical. Yeah. So maybe because they're in that tropical environment down there, that's why they're so prolific. I don't know. Yeah, they definitely thrive. Oh, yeah. So so if you're fishing down there, and like you were down there three weeks ago, you're fishing, you catch largemouth. Yeah. Obviously, Florida native fish, you catch release. What is the... SOP when you're fishing. Now, the peacocks were put in there specifically by FWC to, uh, I think, feed on some of the yeah, other a, a, non-indigenous. Kind of, it was a right. cyclid. cyclid. Was yeah. it a cyclid? I don't know if it was a Mayan cyclid or, or something like that, but there was, there was a particular fish that... Yeah, so... I mean, I think the, the those are probably a catch and release deal, too. Like, oh, you know, you want to put those back in, but like like I know if the you catch snakehead, I, I, 
if you if you catch one of the uh, clownfish or the clown knife fish or whatever, are you supposed to put it back in or are you supposed to kill that fucker? Like that's my, always been my question. I think that, it's like a lion I, fishing. I never heard anybody like killing them. I know you're supposed to do that with snakehead. Yeah, I do. Snakehead, you're not supposed to release back. I was. My dad was watching some fishing show a while back. I was sitting there watching it with them, and they actually released it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I know peacock bass. They do. It's considered a game fish, and they you can keep up to two. Oh, so so people actually do keep them. Yeah. Hmm. And, and eating eat a fish out of like a roadside ditch. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm just, not like endorsing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the uh, no. from what I understand, but would you smoke one on a Traeger? Different. I totally have. Different. I have heard it make it magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot I would smoke, but I don't know if I'd do like a fish like that. I, if that smell gets like baked in there, <laughs> it might be kind of hard to get ditch fish out of your Traeger. Yeah. We'll have to write the book some, on ditch some, fish. The, uh, but the good thing is, when you buy one for cheap on Craigslist, you don't feel guilty about kind of experimenting with no, yeah, different animal types. <laughs> well, I know, the I know that there are a couple um, captains, charter companies, whatever that do. They specialize in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah. go way yeah. up past the airport yeah. all the way up into Miami, and you're just in ditches all day. Yeah. Well, you know, since uh, Skyler and Chip were here, um, they're on the road now working their way west mm-hmm. and then northwest to Alaska for their summer job. Um, they did go down to South Florida. Uh, somebody that I believe that they work with in Alaska is from South Florida. Okay. And, and they went out specifically for peacocks and and yeah. you know that kind of thing and that's what that guy specializes in on his off season from alaska he goes down and uh beats the ditches down in south florida for exotics and uh, it looks like they caught quite a few different uh species while they were mm-hmm. down there so yeah i mean i don't think it's too difficult but it's knowing where where how do you know how to get to this ditch and you know right whose backyard whose backyard water. right yeah, yeah. It's okay to fish here. That guy will shoot you. Right. Right. You know. Also, probably looking out for gladesmen, trying not to get mm-hmm. run over by fan boat boys. Mm-hmm. No, it's no, 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 no. It's not out yeah. in the glades. Not that far out. No. In no. Okay. Yeah, you're you're more looking out for like dirty syringes and okay, and gotcha. stuff like gotcha. that. Yeah. Your, your other problems. Yeah. Other body other bags. Right. Gotcha. In, impediments to your fishing enjoyment but yeah i guess bicycles uh <laughs> shopping carts yeah no i mean to get around and oh yeah yeah get oh, yeah. bicycles and put you know stuff in a backpack and just go and just go yeah um god what did i see one time maybe a like a golf cart or something you know they had some rigged cool up yeah. well, you know when i went down there with andrew there was there was guys that uh were using like the little um uh, like if you get a tractor supply, you can get like the fat tire uh, mini bikes. Oh, mini! Yeah. And they were running the mini bikes down the dike roads yeah. and stuff. They they were spin fishing the guys that we huh. saw. But I mean, you could that, you could obviously co op right. that into you know doesn't. Yeah. I don't think the mini bike cares whether you're fly tackle or no. or spin tackle. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it certainly looks like a fun time. Right. And 
you know, I don't know. Is it like, is it better to go down there during the winter months just because it's like more comfortable or is it during the summer it heats up? These are all things I don't know. Yeah, let I, us know. I want to, I want to find out. So, you know, DM us if you're down there and, and let us know, you know, is this the season? Are we past the season? You know, when do we come down there? Cause good Lord, it looks trashy as fuck. So we probably <laughs> feel at home. <laughs> The only thing that I always heard was clear skies, middle of the day for peacocks. Really? Yeah. That was like the only like trick. And I'm like, that means it's like 110 degrees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's pretty toasty. Yeah. All that bike riding and screwing around and hiking all over the place. No. And right in the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> no day drinking then. No, no, no. So, uh, I guess the weekend after our last podcast was Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually went down to uh, St. Pete and uh, spent the weekend down in St. Pete. Uh, went to the baseball game there at the Tropicana. Watched the Rays get swept by the Red Sox, which is fun because I'm currently a Red Sox fan. <laughs> um, more so because uh, of... Who plays for the Red Sox? Not necessarily because I've been a Red Sox fan my entire life. But, uh, you know, the Trop is a fucking great venue to go watch a ball game. Really? It yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's going to rain today. It, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees outside because yeah. it's always 72 degrees in there. It's fucking delicious. Oh. I will tell you, though, uh, the Trop really needs to work on their food service. Um, most times when you go to a, a professional baseball game, there's some really good food at, yeah. at, you know, at the, at the ball, at the ballpark. And, uh, I have yet to discover that to be the case at the trop. Um, and I've been to, you know, the ballpark, in Chicago on the south side for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. I've I've been to Camden Yards in Baltimore. I've been to, you know, Boston and uh, Fenway. Um, I've been to the, the ballpark there, you know, the Nationals yeah. in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, I even went to uh, Joe Robbie when uh, wow. the Marlins, uh, their inaugural season. Uh, so, you know, I, I've definitely been around a few ballparks yeah. and there's always great food but uh i haven't found any great food at the trop yet which is kind of disappointing yeah and i mean maybe it has something to do with uh, you know they're they're trying to transition out of the trop uh, you know the, well there's the there's been that talk but yeah. you know i i don't know that that it's actually happening i mean there's rumors of it i know they're talking about wanting to build a, a new ballpark uh, there was like around Ebor or something for a while, and it was like, "Oh, this is it. We're going <laughs> right. finally, finally, finally." And then uh, that kind of, you know, come to think of it, kind of fizzled out. It seemed like yeah, news and all that. So who knows? I mean, if they're going to do something, you know, I hope they're planning on putting a roof on it because you know, baseball season coincides with hurricane season, mm-hmm. and yep. hurricane season only happens because it's the wet season. Yeah. So, there's either going to be a whole lot of games that aren't going to get played or they're going to put a roof on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what the plan is, but, uh, you know, selfishly, it'd be cool if uh, the ball 
ballpark moved a little closer to Orlando and was on this side of the bay instead of on the far oh, side no. of the bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you I know, think that's what they were thinking. Yeah. That's part of it. You got to go all the way like into St. Pete and all the way back out. Yeah. Right. But um. Yeah. That's been going. That they've been talking about that, like you said, forever and ever. And then they were talking about just leaving the state altogether. Like the Tampa Bay Rays would be like. Well, I think that was. Yeah, that's that's if uh, if the deal in the new ballpark falls through or whatever. Mm Because you know, for whatever reason, I think uh, the Rays feel like uh, Tropicana. They've either outgrown it or or they just can't get the the following that they're looking for. But you know. The Rays are sitting in first place in the AL East right now. So uh, if there's ever been a year where they're going to get some good attendance, this should be the year. Right. So. Right. Well, um, what else has everybody been up to? So I mean, that we got bass fishing South Florida. You were in St. Pete. Yep. And then you were. Ben, ben got some fishing. Ben, ben, Ben's been fishing ben a bunch. Yeah, I, it ben was kind of weird. It was yeah. kind of like a real long dry spell, and then boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I had a uh, over Easter. My buddy called. He probably called the week sky and uh, chip were down, and was like, "Hey, what's your schedule?" He's like, "I can either no." He called the week before. He's like, "I can either make it this next week, or maybe after Easter." And I was like, "Well, next week's not the good week. The IFA tournament's here. Uh, you, we don't want to be on the water." And he's like, yeah, I didn't know what you were doing. I was like, well, my parents are actually going to be up by you. They're going up to Maggie Valley for a wedding. He's like, oh, so you're not doing any family stuff for Easter. I said, no. He's like, well, you want to do it over Easter weekend? We'll just get together and fish. I said, yeah, man. So he drove down from Boone, never been out of the state, Uh, (laughs) fished the the coast of North Carolina a little bit, but mostly like muddy creeks and like blind casting, and then just like, goes for the small brook trout that I can't ever catch and and some brim and bluegill and stuff and he came down and dude dude could cast and I was pretty impressed because most of the trout guys say they can cast and you start working you're like yeah no but he could he could put a 60 foot shot where it needed to go nice every time even with the wind and so we we just waited the first day we waited from uh like the Pineda Causeway, and just started working our way yeah. south all the way down toward Grant, toward the inlet, and just making runs, hitting this flat that we knew was good. And he came down for a redfish, and that was like his goal. Okay. Never hooked one. So the second flat we get on, we're walking down on this dock to jump off, and he sees this pot of catfish with one redfish in the middle of it. Makes a shot, drops it, comes tied on what he thinks is a catfish. And... It takes off. I was like, ah, it's a cat. So I jump off the bridge, and I'm like, well, I've got my my snips. I'm going to get it off for him. And I was like, no, dude, that's a redfish. And it comes up, and he's like, he's doing, he's trying to get off of the dock to pull it because it keeps trying to run into under the dock from where the, he's standing on. And Flyline, being like the three-year-old, getting everywhere it's not supposed to, is like wrapping around nail heads and all this stuff on the dock so he can never get off. And when the fish sees me, it makes one final run. It was not, it was probably a 20 inch fish, went under the dock and wrapped around a barnacle and just broke off. And he's like, oh, I think it was a catfish. It's like, no, dude, it was, it was a, <laughs> for me, it had a spot on the tail. Like, it was a red. 
And uh, so we spent the rest of the day. We got a couple shots. They were a little spookier. It was a pretty clear flat. They could see us. Almost had a snook. Waited the whole flat and then took a br- uh, break. Went down to Long Doggers for lunch. Yeah. Um, took a midday break. Went out and waited. And we started waiting this one flat, which I don't I don't even know how to describe it to people on the radio where it's at. But waiting another short flat, maybe eighth of a mile long. And it passes by all these, like, uh, condominium complexes. And this lady's on the balcony taking a smoke break. And she says, hey, you. And I look, I was like, oh, I yelled at for fish. And she's like, hey, there's a pretty big fish on your left. No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, like, look over. Sure as heck. I'm, like, 15 feet from a pretty decent little snook just chilling out. And I basically just lob a roll cast out to it. And that thing crushes it and takes off toward the dock. And I pull it back. I tell him, said, there's probably more snook in that dock. And he starts throwing in there. Never gets one to eat. I land it probably like 24 inches or so. Let it go. Revive it. I mean, actually, it really didn't need to be revived. I was fishing with a nine weight. It got whipped pretty quick. And as we weighed the rest of the flat, I kid you not, I almost stepped on like a 40-plus inch snook. Just laid just up. Just laid I was like, It was like no further than the distance of this table. Probably less than. And I like looked down. I was like... Dink. Just trying to drop some from a saw and spooked off. But I saw four of them that big on that flat. So now, you know, I'm going to shift gears. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, only because you remind me. Um, so on previous podcasts, we've talked a little bit, and and certainly on our Instagram stories, we've talked a whole lot about what's going on out in Montana with the Upper Madison. Yep. And the Madison River Foundation and how the Madison River Foundation, for whatever reason, even though they talk about how they're 100% behind, you know, public access, some of their board members live on that section of river and they chose to try to limit access to that area Mm -hmm. by the public, namely the uh, outfitters and guides that that float that section down to the the walk and wade, and then they have to get out of their boats and fish that section before they move on through. And it was becoming quite the brouhaha, right? And what made me think of it when you were telling your story is it, nine out of ten times, if you're fishing a dock, whether you're in New Smyrna or down in Melbourne, and you're posted up and you're fishing a dock, especially if you're fishing like at night, a dock light. Yeah. How many times have you had some angry old man come out stomping on the fucking dock, yelling at you for fishing his dock, trying to spook the fish? It happens all the time. And yeah. so for you to say some lady up on the balcony is like, hey. <laughs> Spotting fish. Hey, well, there's a fish over here right yeah, in front of you. She's That's like, pretty rad. It was pretty cool. And the funny thing about it is she didn't stick around to see if I caught it. She just called it out and went back inside. Went like back I went to land it and gave her a thumbs up. It's like, she's just gone. She's gone. She's just your little fish angel. I was going to say little fish angel. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Uh, one, of, one of the guys out in uh, Montana sent me video. Um, he, he was actually on a guided trip, running the trip, and uh, he and his anglers were on the walkwade section of the Upper Madison, and they had just stopped.
they got out of the boat and started to fish, and it was like kicking an anthill. Guys start like dumping out of the house that's on the river, running down to jump in the water, make as much noise as they could to ruin those guys fishing. And it's tantamount to the angry old dude that's like, get off my lawn. Yeah. And, you know, it really illuminates that for whatever reason, there's a certain class of people that live on the water that try to extend the ownership of their property of the water. to yeah. the water. And uh, just an update for anybody that ha- has cared or followed along. The uh, Madison River, um, the upper Madison, where they're where they're wanting to come up with some kind of regulation to to try to deconflict those user groups. Um, they they had what they called a consensus committee, where they were supposed to come to consensus of you know what the new rules may or may not be. That entire thing has blown up and. They disbanded the uh, the group, and nothing happened, and they're back to square one. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that because of the behavior of the board of the Madison River Foundation uh, and its members, they lost a bunch of people off the board. The chairman of the board quit. Wow. It's in shambles, and... I guess um, no consensus was reached, and as a result, they avoided the um, the the rulemaking that was going to exclude the outfitters and the guides, which is actually a good thing because if you think about it, I know if I went out there, um, I would probably be in the position where if I wanted to fish the Upper Madison, I would probably be. You know, looking to hire somebody yeah. to take yeah. me out there, and if they're limiting that uh, to the point where now it's not accessible to me, it removes me as you know looking at that place as a potential, for, yeah, right. as a potential destination. Sure, that's something that is just—it's hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, it was homeowners or the park ranger on the golf course or whatever might have had like a little problem, but the fact that there's like public water and not right i just it's yeah. just beyond me in the first place yeah that's i'm the same i'm the I've same never, way never had to really deal with you know you just go where you're gonna go and just right go fish and really we got away with a lot um if you had fishing rods yeah if yeah. you you know if you were just out walking around you know just milling around up to no good great but if they saw you, you know what I mean? Like if a police officer drove by and you're jumping a fence, but you have fish. And then around, you have, right. Yeah, they're like, yeah, oh, like, they're just going back there to fish. It's not r- that big of a deal. Right. Yeah, they're not and, like up to no good. And especially, you know, in today's society, you hear people, they're like, oh, damn kids, they're just always inside on their devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, you yelled uh, at them all. <laughs> yeah, you for know, like really. you know, if if you see a kid hopping the fence to go fish, you want to slow down and like roll the window down and go, "Hey!" The kids like turn around and go, and "Just give them the fucking thumbs up." Yeah. Be like, "Go get them!" You yeah. know, this is fucking awesome. This yeah. is what you're supposed to be doing. And I, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe a resort or something somewhere, somewhere you probably wouldn't want to be anyways. That was like no fishing or whatever. But you, bridge, any bridge, any right pond any whatever just the just the fact that there are 
closed sections of waterways anywhere that it's like, nope. Well, that and you got to be below the high water mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the one of the most interesting things to me um, for that three to four week period that we were made aware of uh, the potential rulemaking and the committee work and all that that was going on in the animus between some of the board members of the River Foundation uh, versus the um, guide um, community is the fact that there were so many apex predators in the in the form of like big name companies mm-hmm. um, that that supply fly fishing gear whether it's rods reels lines yeah um, as well as a lot of their brand ambassadors that live in that space that that sat on their hands didn't say a fucking word one way or the other and these are the same people in the same companies that six months ago were howling, just going fucking ape shit crazy yeah. about Bear's Tooth. And, yep. oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're changing the rules and they're taking away public land access and this is terrible and fuck this administration. But then it happens on the micro level in their own community. And they don't care because there's no attention to it. Well, it's not that they don't care. They care more about their pro deal and their influencer status. And they're not willing to say, hey, this is bullshit. We shouldn't be doing this, you know. Oh, okay. Um, You know, to to the point that the local Patagonia... Yeah, outlet store whatever in that community actually donates money. That's what I was to say. to the Madison River Foundation. Yeah, and you're giving money to the very group that's doing things contrary to where you were howling, losing your mind, taking out yeah. full page ads in the New York Times. It's like yeah. I'm not understanding this, huh. and and you know we don't live that you know, issue down here. No. But when I saw it, it, it was visceral reaction mm. for me. I was like, wait a second. You know, there's a, a lot of fucking hypocrisy going on. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's not that they didn't raise their voice in support of maintaining. It's just, they, they just, they turned the lights off, drew the curtains closed and pretended that they weren't there. But everybody that was involved out there, they knew about it. They just chose to remain silent. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that there's a lot of guys that guide out there on the Upper Madison that were very appreciative of the little bit of social media that we did mm-hmm. to try to bring attention to it because yeah. they weren't getting the support out there. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. So the that is kind of like, for us, down this way, would be the refuge out here. You know, for sure. You know, the, like, limited amount. And it, it's still available, and I think there's still plenty of people to go with. Um, but a limited amount of guides in the refuge. Right. They've capped it at 70. Yeah. Which is... Which I mean, is about 35 more than they need. Yeah. And then the keys um, kicking around the, like, carpet bagger thing. Yeah, and, the keys I mean? have the yeah. opposite problem. They have so many people that, you know... I was about to say infiltrate. That's the wrong word, but uh, migrate down right. there for the tarpon season. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I've definitely seen uh, stories on social media 
as recently as two days ago where somebody was hooked up on a tarpon and you see the other guide boat like within view like right there all over each other yeah and they're like on top of each other and it's it's a lack of courtesy it's a lack of understanding of Mm -hmm. i hate to use the word rules but let's let's call it the norms Mm -hmm. the norms of if you grew up down there or you've been there long enough to earn your chops the right way Mm -hmm. you know what the appropriate spacing is on the ocean side when you're when you're tarpon fishing absolutely yeah and Unfortunately, there's guys that are like, fuck this. It's it's the almighty dollar. They go down and they just sit and they watch to see where the legacy guides go. And then they try to beat them there the next day. And if they can't beat them there the next day, they just post up one side of them or the other, whichever they perceive the fish are coming from, so they can hopefully cut those strings off and get their anglers on those fish first. I'm surprised people haven't gotten shot down wow. there. It's crazy, and the other funny thing is, like, I don't think you have to be the most, like, enlightened individual to be on the bow of one of those boats and be like, dude, are we are we in this guy's space? Well, yeah, you, wouldn't you feel I, weird? I, okay. yeah, well, well, you paid money to go down there. So probably a lot of money. Absolutely, you, you don't have to be that. Because those guys on the back of the boat, they're not shy about opening their mouth and saying, hey, captain, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And and if their sport is sitting on the front of the boat and like says something like what's the problem, they'll say shut your fucking pie hole. You're the reason this asshole just did this. So yeah. sit the fuck down and listen to me for a second. I don't know who you think you are, why you just came in here and got on top of me. This is not how this works. Yeah. And if you don't leave, neither of us are catching fish. Yeah. I mean, the lagoon here. Um, 10 years ago, when when the water quality was a whole lot better, let's say even 15 years ago when it was really fucking great here, um, we had a similar problem mm-hmm. where, um, especially during the late fall, early winter, when fish started to school up, um, if you're fishing a school of fish here in the lagoon, and I see you, and I know what you're doing. I, I can tell you're on a school of fish. I leave it alone. I go somewhere else. I go find my own school of fish. There was this prolification of a mentality in the lagoon 10, 15 years ago that it was okie dokie to come in on the school of fish you were on. <laughs> and it became like this fucking redfish rodeo where you might have these fish that are nice and chilled out. You're fishing them by yourself. Somebody happens to see you. They fucking come right over on a trolling motor or, or they, maybe they pull, but most of the time the, the offenders were on a trolling motor. They drop the trolling motor, come buzzing over to you, instantly asses the fish up and it ruins your day. Now they're going to bomb in, you know, a, a, a shrimp on a jig head and the, the redfish are going to eat period. The end. They're going to achieve their goal, but at your expense. Right. Yeah. And 10, 15 years ago, when that shit started happening and I was on the receiving end of it, the first couple of times I was like, well, this sucks. And I would just fucking, you know, go try to find the next school and, you know, Mm -hmm. move on. After it happened two or three times, I was like, you know, if I just acquiesce to this and just let this happen, I'm going to keep getting run over. I'm going to keep getting walked on. Yeah. So it kind of did turn into the Wild West out here. Where literally, if somebody did that, I would put my rod down, 
reel it up, put it underneath the gunnel. I'd fire up, and I would run over the school and do three or four donuts on top of the school before I left (laughs) to send the message that if you're going to fuck me, I'll fuck you right back. Yeah. And that's where the keys are right now, and it's because there's so many people vying for the same fish. And I'm not sitting here to say that I was right in what I did, but damned, it felt good. It felt good. It felt (laughs) good. And, And you know what? It only took two or three times before the word spread. If you see that whipray on, just stay the fuck away. <laughs> just, just leave them alone. And, or any number of people that yeah, didn't want it to happen. You right. Know, that, exactly. Yeah, not just you. I'm mm-hmm. sure tons of people yelled and oh yeah, threw it, some lead and you yeah. know, all that. That was the that was the thing to do. Right. We used to get. I mean, like on purpose, go big get old. a big old brown bag and <laughs> like some big old lead sinkers, and just light people up with them. Yeah, like they pull up on you. I mean, they was that was pretty bold. There I mean, I, I can like remember. God, this is this is thirteen, fourteen years ago at least. Uh, getting up at the ass crack of dawn, um, went out with a with a guide that I used to fish with, and uh, the whole goal was to go and fish this particular school of fish that had been really, by and large, kind of out of the way nobody was really on them and i wanted to fish them with fly and they were all big fish 40 inch plus all of them and we get there and we have the school to ourselves for like 45 minutes to an hour we're there before the sun ever broke the horizon sun's coming up we're starting to see him still low light but we can see him we're working them we're trying to make sure not to pressure them too much they're happy and then one by one you see boats coming out of the fucking canal haul over, <laughs> make a hard left and start heading over. And I literally had just had a fish eat that I broke off immediately. And then as I'm casting, you know, retie a fly, I cast and I'm making like 60, 70 foot long bomb cast. We're staying way, the f- way away from them. my fly lands. I'm letting it sink a little bit. I'm getting ready to strip it. And the dude that just rolled up on the trolling motor, his clients are still seated, grabs a rod with a chunk of mullet and slings it, you know, and I'm talking, you know, one of these bomber casts and it goes across my fly line and he reels real hard until the, he's basically snagged my fly line and then drops it into the school and it gets eaten instantaneously because it's a chunk of mullet into a, you know, and we're like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And, and you know, back then, what I, I paid probably like 400 bucks for the day or whatever. It was over. It was done. You know, it was like the, the school was asked up. It was, you know. Yeah. And, you know, that's what, you know, the, the silver lining of of the the poor water quality and the poor fishing out here has been that a lot of people have given it up. And, and, and at least you don't have the quality of assholes anymore there's a few out there but you don't have yeah. the quality of assholes that you used to quality <laughs> yeah a plus quality assholes there's not that many of them. i mean the, there used to be some some guys out here that you know it, it was it was fucking ridiculous what they the, would do. The lagoon. Well, yeah yeah, yeah and, and they would literally be like you know these are my fish yeah go fuck yourself get up earlier chief yeah yeah you know, no you, you fuck with me, you're getting the horns. So <laughs> yeah. you've got in the upper Madison we're just talking about, or 
Yeah, Upper, Upper Madison. Madison. Um, they just don't want any guides. Well, they're or no. It was. The, is it about the floating? They don't or? want any body. And okay. In the easiest, the easiest way to at least start that matriculation is to the most regulated people on that stretch of water are the guides. Are the, yeah. But the interesting thing is, if you count number of angling days, the guides are only about eighteen percent of the overall anglers that fish that section. Mm-hmm. So. It was an inequitable way to to limit them unfairly, but it was like just the first step in that direction. Right, and and they were trying to use it as cover to say, well, you know, we, the the guides are the the stewards of the river, and they should understand it more. And this is like more of a leadership thing. And if they're going to get limited, and this is going to reduce the number of conflicts between those people that are floating the river and those guys that are that are walking wade. But here's the truth of the matter. The area that they're talking about excluding the the outfitters and the guides getting to to get out because out there you can't fish from the boat. That's the weird thing on that section. You have to get out of your boat. Well, to walk and wade, to access the walk and wade, is it possible to get there by foot? Yeah, it's possible. But it's like Is it probable? Is it probable? <laughs> Not very probable. But if you put in above it and float down to it, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's actually the way you get there, right. uh, the most reasonable, safest way. So, uh, you know, it was just a little bit of gamesmanship by some, some landowners that, you know, Montana's starting to become very populated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of the first conflicts where, you know, the haves, meaning the people that own the land now adjacent to the river, mm-hmm are turning into the old guy that runs out on the dock at night and goes, get off my dock. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, these guys are trying to, to, to say, hey, treat us fairly. If it's an issue, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, only two or three days a week that this area is open. But it's open to everybody, not just one group or the other group, right. you know, and, and let's limit it that not way. Not just recreational guys, right. not just guides, not right. just, yeah, whatever. Um. But like, like I said, you know, it, it, the whole thing fell apart. Mm-hmm. So now the the state is left scratching their head, going, "Well, shit," you know. It was supposed to be this consensus that was reached, and obviously that fell apart. And, and mainly because everybody everybody was pretty much agreeing, except for the Madison River Foundation, and they were the ones that kind of took that hardline stance. But the criticism they started getting, they had members of their board that quit. They had the the CEO of the board quit and they as a group fell apart which you know it's it's kind of it's kind of odd um you know we, we don't have um many groups in Florida that uh, have a unified voice that serve all of Florida uh we've got captains for clean water mm-hmm. that's uh doing a job uh, of of uh, advocating for the Everglades um, with the change of administration, we've discussed it before. There there's success that's happening there. There's funding that's happening, and and things are going to happen. It's still going to take a long time because between engineering of projects and actually mobilizing and doing things, it's still pretty far out when when things are going to get fixed and, and head the right direction. But it's a positive, right? Yeah. So that group, 
even though their main focus is South Florida, not by my opinion, but by what they put on their website, it's their sole focus. They've started expanding their reach um, statewide as far as fundraising goes. We just had a tournament day before yesterday. Yep. Or was it yesterday? Shit. What's today? Today's Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, so yesterday. 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 Yeah. yesterday um, there was a tournament here in the lagoon. And uh, a portion of the proceeds for everybody that entered that tournament goes to Captains for Clean Water. And uh, that money now was generated here in our lagoon, which is an imperiled waterway. Uh, it's definitely one of the worst situations in the state. Uh, not saying it's deserving any more or less of restoration than the Everglades, but it's at least equally important. And uh, all that money is going to be shipped down to South Florida um, mm-hmm. to, to buy more Yeti cups and and baseball hats to sell to generate more funds to advocate for somewhere four hours away Mm -hmm. and uh you know when when stuff happens here on the lagoon uh where they're raising money for a conservation group or an advocacy group i'd i'd rather like to see it stay here locally local Mm -hmm. yeah stay local because i mean holy shit we've got our own problems that we need to deal with you know let's let's not leverage our lagoon for other areas um the other kind of change as far as uh rules and regulations that i've seen probably since the last show is catch and release only for like a huge part of the west coast of florida yeah for i would say what just north of tampa all the way down down to ten thousand islands yeah Yeah. really see i hadn't heard about that they extended it or something Probably five counties or more. Yeah. I mean, so it's snook. Everything. Snook, redfish, trout, like, because of red tide. Right. Well, you know, if there's there's ever an example of a great place to do catch and release only, it would be right here in our own backyard. This is is almost, it's not that it's a a small deal, but it's two counties, maybe. Okay, so. The touches, that's the whole side of the state. (laughs) Overnight, boom, done. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like, this could be really easy. Yeah. It, well, okay. So, <laughs> the Indian River Lagoon proper is about is one hundred and fifteen, hundred and eighteen miles long from the northern. If you if you call it from Ponce Inlet down to Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Brevard County and uh, portion of Mosquito Lagoon as well as the Volusia County portion of Mesquite Lagoon that lie within mm-hmm. a federal wildlife refuge and a, a, a national seashore account for about 15 miles of that total. So my math, if it was a 100-mile-long lagoon, it'd be 15%. But since it's longer than 100, so it's less than 15%, less than 15% where we have the worst Situation because it's a closed system, meaning mm-hmm. it doesn't have, you know, tidal influence to the point where it turns over water and like flushes itself out. Why? Why is it so hard to say? Hey, fifteen percent of this section of you know the East Coast mm-hmm. is going to be conserved, and we're going to throttle it back. We're going to lift our foot off the fucking gas pedal and say, catch and release for a little while, fellas. Mm-hmm. And and if you really need that redfish to eat. 
head up towards Jacksonville, go down south, whatever, you know, right. uh, you know, or at least get out of the refuge, you know, yeah. like, and, and let's measure it for five years and see if it's of benefit to the, to the system. And that, and, and it's beyond me that between the feds and the state that they can't come up with a plan to do something. The West coast one. I remember that happening. I want to say it was a hard freeze or another red tide a long time ago or something where they kept snook closed for one rotation, one cycle. So one season, it just wasn't open. So you had, you know, whatever, just the one year where they just could breathe a little bit, breed a little bit, and just Mm -hmm. get going again. I think that's the same. I think it was two years this time. Okay, so so we got a year or two. That would be great. You've seen the the mason jar with the green water. Yeah. The the blue-green algae. Yeah. You know, as soon as <laughs> as soon as the discharges stopped from Lake Okeechobee, uh-huh. and and let's get this correct. Let's go ahead and, and and state some facts, right? Let's talk science for a second. The reason there were discharges is because Mother Nature served up a really healthy num- number of days of rain during the mm-hmm. quote unquote dry season. Mm-hmm. And because nobody saw that coming, they had to start releasing water, mm-hmm. a lots of water and lots of water. So you had the the Caloosahatchee on one side, the Okeechobee Waterway. Yeah, basically the Okeechobee Waterway yeah. going to each coast was dumping tons of water. And we've all seen the pictures of the brown discharge, et cetera. And it was bad. Not gonna not gonna say that it wasn't a bad situation. It was a fucking horrible situation. It was what it was. But as soon as they managed that storm water and got it to the level that they could stop the discharges, mm-hmm. and they did stop the discharges, you know what happened on both of those coasts? It cleaned up and it cleared up. Why? What's different? It's because it's a fucking coastal environment on both of those sides where it has these big tides that come in and flush it with seawater. When Ted and I were down in Fort Myers, the epicenter, the birthplace of Captains for Clean Water, he and I joked all day long about, man, really wish Captains for Clean Water would come up to the lagoon because look how fucking clean it is down here. This is pristine and beautiful. There was no red tide, not a stitch of it anywhere in the state. It was crystal clear water. But it's because of the hydrology of the area. Mm. The hydrology mm-hmm. here is water doesn't leave here very quickly or very, you know, there's no. just not a lot of exchange. So, again, not picking on captains for clean water. I'm just saying there's more than one fucking problem in this state. Oh, yeah. And if you're going to start carpet bagging and coming up here and sucking dollars out of our economy and our location to advocate only down there, mm-hmm. you don't have my support. No. If you come up here up. and you ask for money out of a tournament up here, please turn around and do something up here. Mm-hmm. Go up yeah. there and pound on a desk about Mosquito Lagoon. Because if you don't, you're hypocrites. Well, and I believe there was a, a conversation between a few of the players in that uh arena yeah uh this week that was like okay so you did collect money 
Yeah. So yeah. now it's on. Yeah. Like you, you came and you started the ball rolling. You got the money. So. I, look, I look forward to yeah. seeing what happens. Yeah. yeah. Because if they, you know, if you would have backed off and said, "Okay, I'm not gonna," yeah, you take d- the money. You, you, you're not on the hook for anything. You dipped your toe in the yeah, pool. Yeah. So we're gonna check and make sure and see what you did, how you enjoyed the swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's the same to be said about. I mean, there's all kind of different problems in different areas. You've got the red tide stuff. Great, they're figuring that out. Um, there's just areas that are more. They're busier. Yeah. have more going on you know the, uh, the parts in south florida there's no chance that it could be a pristine mosquito lagoon there's yeah. just too many you know ships and boats and traffic and this and that and the other you know so it's i think there's problems kind of everywhere that need to be managed and i think it's kind you of know, a shame that only one of them there's any press ever there's a lot of talk um whether it's the south florida water management district or the St. John's River Water Management District up here, uh, Department of Environmental Protection for Florida, the DEP, uh, FWC. They've been around. There's 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 a lot of uh, bombs that get thrown at the, all those organizations that I just mentioned. A lot of bombs get thrown at them about how they're responsible, they need to step up, they need to do something. And they certainly have a part to play in trying to get the ship righted and then turned around Mm -hmm. but here's an interesting thing and an interesting take that i had from someone i talked to earlier today you know who has influenced mosquito lagoon as well maybe not the lagoon proper that we recognize as the lagoon but the overall indian river lagoon uh to a greater degree than anybody really recognizes and they know that they did um, but they can't, they're very quiet about it. And for good reason, because to unfuck the fucking that they've done is going to be super expensive and super inconvenient. It's a three-letter agency, and it's probably one of the biggest agencies in the state when it comes to the money that they get. Hmm. Department of Transportation. Oh, dear. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So... Here's the thesis. So we know historically the major influence in the Indian River lagoon system is wind Wind. and lunar tide cycles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, The pull of the moon moves water trillions of gallons at a time north and south through the lagoon system. Mm hmm. Same thing with the wind. It moves trillions of gallons of water. Now, starting in Scottsmore, going south, what do you have along the... A lot of causeways. Causeways, Causeways. which are dams that stop the water. They're not like overwater causeways that just have pilings that go down. Right. They're about... At least half to two thirds are earth berms. Yes, then go up. And yes, then, yeah. So what it does is it it's it's like it's a series of baffles yeah. that stop the water movement. Yep. No, it's not. It's not the panacea. It's not the the sol, the the sole solution to the problem. But it's a big part it's a of big it. Part of it. DOT recognizes. They know it. And hey, just a little little secret for everybody down in South Florida. Big Sugar, 
they might be part of the problem, but your bigger problem is the Tamiami Trail is a earthen dike earthen that it has is. stopped the flow of water south. Yep. So even if you get your EAA, which is coming, the funding's yeah. there, you still have to get the you water get, over the yep. road to get it down there. <laughs> so DOT actually is who a lot of us should be putting the screws to, not the screws to, but like advocating, hey, we've got we've to learn from our mistakes. Yeah. We've got to do something. And you know what? DOT actually is in the process of removing the dikes and elevating the roadway. But you know what that takes? Engineering, planning, hearings, environmental impact studies, yada, yada, yada. It takes a long time. Um, so it's part of it. Yeah. But when I when I heard that, I was like, man, I have not it, thought about that. Interesting But it's case. true. It's yeah. all these right. dams. I mean, just just to get... Out of Brevard County, or let's even limit that. By my house, you've got the 192 Causeway, O'Galley Causeway, Pineda, Pineda, 528, 520, 528. I mean, there's four major ones. Yeah, right there. One of the big ones, um, and it's a cool case because they went back and they've done a ton of studies and gone through stuff and changed some stuff over time is the Courtney Campbell Causeway in Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. The t- upper, upper Tampa Bay just died. Right. And they were like, what happened? The water couldn't move, couldn't yeah, clean couldn't, itself. Couldn't go, you know, it's far enough out there where it has to go all the way up the bay, and it, you know, wasn't as tidal. Uh-huh, far. yeah. So it impeded it, and a ton of stuff, you know, seagrass and, you know, a lot of stuff that lived up that way um, really suffered. So they, you know, did their study. And this is, you know, I don't, Ancient, decades ago yeah, ancient history but they you know went through and raised some more sections and made some smaller little bridges where they you know it'll flow adequately not right. great but mm-hmm. you know whatever um and stuff started to come back so that's a a really good one that they built it they realized they messed up they went back did the studies fixed it and now you know what the most important part of that story is they went back and fixed the fuck ups mm-hmm. the Indian River Lagoon, the north end of it, in Brevard and Volusia County, not so much Volusia anymore, but mainly in Brevard County, 85% of the salt marsh, which is the lifeblood filtration system of the the estuary, the the estuary is separated from the salt marsh, Mm -hmm. 85%. So there's an 85% reduction of carrying capacity and yep. filtration because of mosquito impoundment dikes and ditches and there's actually a plan afoot there's actually funding coming to do seawater dilution where they're going to pump seawater into the estuary hoping to dilute the cesspool and it doesn't make any sense to me why you would not fix what you've already messed up. See how that pans out before you... St- so instead of saying, hey, we screwed it up by removing all the filtration, well, we'll just start pouring water in. So the, the way the way that I would describe that is we're going to buy a saltwater aquarium. And we're going to buy a 300-gallon saltwater aquarium. We're going we're gonna to be reef guys, right? We're going to have our little clownfish and our corals and our anemones and 
when we go to the aquarium shop, they're going to say, well, for 300 gallons, you're going to need X number of gallons of filter underneath it, underneath there that you don't see. And we're like, yeah, yeah, but really can't afford that. Um, I can afford about 10% of that. And they're going to say, well, your tank is going to be like so nitrogen and phosphate loaded that you're going to have a really hard time. Your yeah. corals are going to die. Your fish are going to be unhealthy. Uh, don't even think about putting an anemone in there because it's going to last about two days. And you say, yeah, but if I just change the water out, would, wouldn't I be able to do that? And they're like, well, yeah, you could, but you're going to be changing water out constantly. You're going to have to do a lot of water changes. And even though you're doing the water changes, because you're doing the water changes, you're going to be like really close to the tipping point where everything in your tank's going to be like ready to die at any given fucking moment. You're going to be like in that, oh my God balance. And you say, well, yeah, go ahead and what I need to spend on filters. Just get me, just get me live rock and fish. And, and, and then you're, you're operating this aquarium that's on the precipice of failure at any given moment. If you go away for the weekend, you're coming back to a bunch of dead fish and dead. That's what we're talking about doing with the lagoon. We're not being sensible and saying, let's restore what we know the problem is. They're just ignoring the problem part of it and saying, we're we're humans. We're smarter than nature. Let's just start dumping seawater in here. <laughs> yeah. This will work. We were smarter than nature before when yeah, we built it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know who who agrees with that the least? The dusky seaside sparrow. Is that something that's not, no longer that's, lives around here? That no longer lives yeah. around here. Oh. Who no longer lives on the planet Earth because oh. of because of uh, the impoundments. Yeah. Um, pretty sad story. They. Uh, they did all the impoundments for, for good reason. They needed to control the mosquitoes, you know, to, to make it livable down here to, to do the space race and everything. But uh, after they put them in, somebody said, hey, we just flooded the dusky seaside sparrows um, breeding habitat. And they realized, holy shit, we did. So they went out and they started capturing dusky seaside sparrows and they got five or six males. Those five or six males were sent over to Walt Disney World out on Discovery Island, and they lived in an aviary for about five to six years, I think was the, the lifespan of those those last five or six dusky seaside sparrows, while they frantically tried to capture a female so that they could oh. continue, <laughs> and they never found the female, so... Those poor bastards died with a boner over there in Disney World <laughs> and way. never got to fucking use it mm-hmm. for five or six yeah. years before they died. And then their dusky seaside sparrow was gone forever. Happiest yeah. place on earth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Part <laughs> of my life. <laughs> the, so, uh, you know, and, and, and we laugh about it, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it's fucking it, crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, you know, that there's part of the, the history of the just crazy rapid growth of this state in particular yeah that just really lends itself to stories like this yeah i mean you've got you know towns where you could kind of tell where the old little downtown was or whatever and you've got streets going all kind of different ways and a couple one-way streets here and and there's no planning there was no overall they never thought you know, it'd be this big. Or by the, yeah. by the time they realize here. that they should be doing it, yeah. it's already yeah. too late. Yeah. And, you know, they, and they call it what blighted areas, urban sprawl, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we're suffering from that. And 
you know, but it's the same to be said about, you know, in, in South Florida and a lot of that area down there, a ton of that, you know, South Florida water management stuff is to dry out land to build on. To build. And, well, it's, it's the South Florida water management district more so than the, I don't know that they're drying it out to build on it more so than they're trying to keep what's been built from getting flooded, flooded. now yeah, yeah at this point exactly <laughs> and, and that's the whole thing yeah, yeah. with okeechobee you know lake okeechobee flooded as a result of a slow moving hurricane killed 2500 people back in the 30s or the 20s whatever it was and, and the feds were like holy shit we can't let this happening and that was their katrina right, right. yeah so they they build the dike around lake okeechobee because they know that when we have storms like that and they have all this massive dump of water we can't just let it run its natural course down there because, like dumbasses that didn't plan, we've got all these houses down here and all these folks that <laughs> can't got, swim. You know, in Naples and, and, and so Miami they, and everything so they did else. It. Yeah. So, so now, fast forward almost 100 years later, we're at, what, about the 90-year mark later? Yeah. Our 1930s technology of dike building uh-huh. wasn't so good. So they're dumping water out the Lake Okeechobee waterway both directions because they know if they let the dike get built up with water behind it to a certain degree that they're going to have a catastrophic failure and they're going to have thousands of people flooded. So here we are. You know, we've got to come up with a solution and Captains for Clean Water has had a great voice to get people's attention and they're they're well-connected. It's not... It's not a group of guides. It's a group of political figures uh, behind the scenes that are very well connected in Washington. Um, it's a couple of attorneys, uh, a, a former lobbyist, um, you know, and that's how they got their voice. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be fooled. Um, but but they're successful, and that's really the crux of it. But they're they're successful only in a very limited scope. But now that they've now that they've earned some dollars from the lagoon, let's all be hopeful. We'll be pragmatic. Mm-hmm. They're going to expand mm. their their scope and hopefully help us because God knows we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, little blurb. So you know, quick read this this week. Um, there was word that the Department of Environmental Protection was uh, here in Edgewater, poking around something to do with their little canal system yeah yeah i, I think know. they're going to start doing more water monitoring yeah um like for for the uh just overall water quality and that might be signaling that you know if dep comes in and says you know hey this is an imperiled waterway right. or you know which i think it's already been declared an imperiled waterway but they may come to a point where they're like you know x y and z has to happen or mm-hmm. people are going to start getting fines mm-hmm. and it might inspire some some government you know, yeah. bureaucrats to do something. Um, Same thing. Who knows, you know, where those go, where they came from, when they were built, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, or we're just dumping some disgusting Boom. pond water. And, now, you know. you've actually taken the time, um, your own time, and gone through um, a class, or was it a seminar, or, or um at the Marine Discovery Center. Yes. So that you're you're now qualified to volunteer right. at the Marine Discovery Center. Right. Um, I want to talk to you more about that off the air because sure. I want to go get that uh, as well. 
because the Marine Discovery Center is do is actually doing work. Right. Um, I actually Friday was coming back in the neighborhood here, and when I was making the left, crossing the the northbound lanes of US one, I had to wait for a pickup truck. And as the pickup truck went by, holy shit, Marine Discovery Center right on the side of it and on the tailgate of it, it said, um, I wish I could remember exactly what it said, but it's basically they were coming from Goodrich. um, Getting oyster shells. They were getting oyster shells because they are actively doing oyster reef restoration. They they actually do hands-on work that's, that's designed and the science is behind it to hopefully restore oysters, um, so we get the filtration levels back up, and, and, and they're doing positive things, making positive moves. But one of the programs that they're getting ready to kick off, and I want to be part of it, is basically an adopt the estuary program, where as long as I've gone through the training that you've gone through, Carl, and there might be an additional class that I would have to go through, I can come out here and designate that over here by the library at Marker 5, that shoreline, say a thousand yards of, or whatever the mm-hmm. scope is that they tell you that you have to adopt, I would adopt that shoreline. Oh, so it's kind of like adopt a road, yeah. Type but deal. so it's cool though because not only would I go out and like you know do what I'm already doing and pick right. up trash when I see it and you know try to maintain that section, you know, mm-hmm. they also provide you training and they give you the supplies in order to go out and make a monthly water quality um, assessment. You, you actually pull Very out cool. a sample of water. I don't know. What, you know, I don't know. I've got to go, go do the training, yeah. whether it's the pH, the turbidity, and, like, you, you can take, like, there's a gauge. It's basically a disc on a rope, and as you put it down in the water column, it's graduated. So when you get to the point where you can't see anymore, you're like, I only have X number of inches or X number of feet of visibility, Yada, yada, yada. So they're trying to enlist citizens to start doing this collection of data to start being able to log what's going on in the lagoon. Are we seeing improving water quality, declining water quality? It's also pretty good for to have a number of people out there doing that. Uh, also means a number of people are keeping in, their eye on things. Well, they're in meetings. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wrote that number. I took that test. So, you know. There you go. And they're all at City Hall or at Intel Hassey or whatever. So, you know, power in numbers type thing. Yeah. So not only are you collecting the data and doing the work, but you're part of a bigger so, organism. So that's that's kind of the, the thing that I, I really like and admire about Marine Discovery Center is they actually do the hands-on work mm-hmm. here locally. Uh, and, and that's why I support what they do uh, from educating, you know, kids about loving the fuck out of the lagoon down to, you know, doing the restoration work with the oyster reefs, um, doing shoreline restoration, all that. And Carl, I'll tip of the cap to you. You've already gone down there and, and got. Yeah, you know, up. I did all the background check stuff and whatever. And, you know, you just go through all the paperwork and got like approved and went and did a orientation and um i haven't really had a whole heck of a lot of time to actually go out and do anything with them but i'm i get the like what's going on this week you know here's what you can little newsletter yeah. right you know it's uh, just to basically gather people for one project or another like hey we're gonna go do oysters or we're gonna do, you know yeah. sign up here, here here right so 
It is. It's pretty darn cool. They actually have an area back there that I wanted to touch on that is restored. Yes. It was like where the high school was yep. or something, and they plowed it back down and planted what they needed to plant and yeah. oysters and it's like a like clean really? natural area. I've actually gone wow. back I've actually gone back there mm-hmm. two or three different times specifically to go back there two or three different times of the tidal cycle. Yeah. And literally it works. It's the salt marsh. They yeah. basically restored a salt marsh back there so that and there's a couple of cuts so that as the tide comes up, it floods up into that area. There's mangroves and all other manners of different, you know, I think, flora that live in that yeah. estuary environment. The water goes in and it's basically getting cleaned and then it goes back out with the tide. Yeah. And you see fiddler crabs and I've actually seen, you know, when when the tide's in, you know, there's mullet swimming around back in there. I've seen sheep's head up in there, you know, picking at the base of stuff. Yeah. Haven't seen a redfish yeah. yet. I don't know if they would frown on me like fishing back <laughs> right. there or not, but uh, that's what I've been looking for. Yeah. Going, could I get a redfish back yeah. here? I that also works as a nursery. Yeah. So they, you know, those little mangroves oh, and all that stuff back there, yeah. they'll go and replace you stuff and you know whatever right. when they do like a planting project it all comes from there oh then wow replant it in that salt marsh oh wow uh, that's yeah. cool yeah but i didn't realize that yeah. that's awesome so uh all right well listen uh i'm getting parched talking all this serious stuff mm-hmm. and uh i think we should probably look towards taking our first break because uh any guesses we're an hour and 20 minutes into this thing already nice not too shabby so uh we're gonna be back after a little break and uh we've been boring you with all this stuff (laughs) we'll try to lighten the load get a little bit more happy Fresh, full beer, and uh, the exception of me and Carl, he's sipping on a Coca Cola, <laughs> but uh, it's a well earned Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. Carl, it's you had uh, you had, you had a couple of yeah, a couple beers on the same bar today, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's in celebration of Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, yeah, I, you got to go pretty hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ride or die. And it was out of fear <laughs> with the storm, you know. You know, I, I just uh, had a little flashback. <laughs> the uh, When we were inside at JB's, wasn't that quite the fucking table 
to the oh, left of us. Dude. Undressing, dressing, undressing. Uh, random sombreros. Yeah, random I sombreros. Mean, Super really loud. Not that random. The best part was nobody could go anywhere. Right. No. Everybody was trapped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were yelling at the top of their lungs. Was she she was Just more than willing to take her shirt off. In a, and, in a restaurant yeah. full, of, full of people. And what did they, she say something about some dude writing her back with a straight face emoji or her writing him with a straight face emoji to uh, tell him off and like that was supposed to be him. impressive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was. Guys, I was like, and you know what I put? Straight, straight face, face. And we're straight like, face emoji. Yeah. We're like, ooh. I just, I just wanted to Got reach him. over there and be like, use your blanca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, I was like, dang, my generation sucks. When, when, when their two uh, very serious uh, friends showed up, and uh, I was Ooh, trying, yeah. I was trying to point out that the one girl's shirt had whatever saying was on it, and what did I call her? Uh, Sue. 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 <laughs> I was like, hey, Sue. <laughs> she was doing her best to ignore me. And one of them, like, hey, he's trying to talk to you. I was like, hey, Sue. And she's like, my name's not Sue. <laughs> <laughs> it's Trevor. <laughs> it's Bob. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun, being trapped at JB's. I haven't mm-hmm. done that one in a long time. But, uh, yeah. man, the afternoon after uh, after it cleared out, it, it was really nice out for fucking sure. Yeah. yeah, Carl actually went out and uh, tried to put the business on some redfish. Mm-hmm. Actually, did pretty pretty well. Got pretty close. Turned one at least. Yeah, it was a little a little deep. I felt like we were kind of on top of them. That's the way of the world for me. Like for whatever reason, I never get those nice long. Like oh, I see him. He's way out there. And he's right. Really <laughs> calm. Yeah. It's always like, oh shit, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was cool. We had a, we had some, probably four or five, good fish too. Oh yeah, yeah, big ones. But uh, you know, we'll we'll just keep after it. It's yeah. uh, it's gonna be that time and of that year was all where like an hour time span. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Less it than. Was, yeah. Less than. Yeah. Less than for sure. Um. Middle of this past week, um, I had the good fortune um, for for work. I had to be up in uh, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and while I was up there, I reached out to a good friend, Michael Marco, and uh, let him know that I was going to be in town. Um, wanted to find out if he wanted to get together and break bread, bend an elbow, or otherwise have anything that he wanted to do, and he said... Uh, you know, we could probably go out on the skiff. Um, looks like uh, there's a outside shot that uh, some of the Spartina might flood, and uh, it's going to happen in the evening. And I said, well, that's pretty damn skippy because I'm going to be finished uh, doing what I'm doing up at UNF around 3. Um, so when and where yeah. do I meet thou? So uh, I wrapped up. Went and checked into the hotel, dumped my stuff, changed into some shorts, uh, went and met him and uh, hopped in his truck. We went to the boat ramp, and uh, we took a pretty long boat ride. Um, Man, I tell you what, you know, like the lagoon is pretty intricate with, uh, you know, different ways to get to different places, and certainly there's a lot of shallow water or whatever. Yep. But up in Jacksonville... There's a lot of creeks, and they're littered with 
oyster bars. <laughs> I always it, it always scares the bejesus out of me to run up you know anywhere from basically St. Augustine north. Yeah. Um Michael obviously grew up in Jacksonville. He's been, you know, on the water up there forever. So he knows his way around and I want to tell you something. The man drives a boat not just like he stole it, but like the man <laughs> is behind us trying to fucking stop us because he stole it. And it was a fun ride. And, and like, you know, early on, I was like, so, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of oyster bars and stuff up this way. Like, you know, he goes, if the tide was a little bit lower, we'd have to worry about it. And I was like, all right. And we, he just, I mean, he had the throttle pinned, um, you know. Off we went, magic carpet ride. And uh, we went to an area that was really cool, um, north of Jacksonville. Pardon me for one second. I think I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Sorry about that, fellas. Bless you. So, uh, <laughs> the, um, you know, the ride took us uh, probably 40, 45 minutes to, to get where we were going. I think the point A to point B, we could have been there in 10, but, you know, it took about 45 minutes <laughs> to get there. And uh, when we got there, we got just shy of, uh, you know, when the high tide was officially forecasted. And we poked around in some creeks looking for, like, some floaters, you know, that were, like, staging and uh, ultimately didn't see any. And finally, we're like, what time is it? Yeah, okay, it should be the peak of the tide. So we crept back out uh, to the A spot that we were shooting for. And sure enough, man, there was there was water up on the, up on the grass. And uh, lo and behold, we... Uh, see a fish and we go to pull out onto the flat to go get that fish and uh wasn't enough wasn't enough water to pull over there but we were able to get the nose pushed up in there and uh i made a cast a little bit wide uh i had to strip the line back in a little bit fish still tailing hard put a second cast in benevolent fish eats my shitty cast and uh actually had to get off the boat and wade over in order to end up you know, landing it because it was just, it, it wasn't going to happen otherwise. So, uh, standard procedure Michael takes the bow, I took the blunt end, and uh, within no shit, like three minutes, it's like, oh, there's another one. Uh, same drill. This time, Michael had to actually step off the boat and uh, wait about 15, 25 feet. Wow. And then be able to cast to, to, to get him. And uh, he lands his fish, we turn it loose. We sit there for a second. We're like, anything else? No, nope, not seeing anything. Look at a flat behind us on the other side of the creek, and we're like, holy shit, there's two. So we fucking push over. I hop out, and it was kind of like almost like a little sandbar on the edge. But as soon as I stepped into the grass, it was like almost knee-deep to the mud. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good. <laughs> so I like, you know, dig my way out and get back. And we moved literally... 10 yards down the creek stuffed the nose again and it was firm and we were able we both hopped out i went and i got two fish that uh i casted to they didn't eat i you know probably probably shitty cast on my part uh michael i know chased down two didn't get them to eat and uh just like that man the water fucking already starting to come back off <laughs> we were like wow okay it's over 
So that whole story, the the fishing time was probably about 45 minutes. Like, you know, it was barely enough to flood. And it was about 45 minutes. And then we had to get boogieing. But I have to say, that's uh, probably the most efficient flood tide fishing trip I've ever been on. Uh, Pretty pretty fun. And uh, it was also pretty cool because, uh, you know, most of the time, my experience anyway, uh, when you're fishing the grass, especially up that direction, it's usually darker, dirtier water. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, where we were fishing, uh, there was a lot of ocean water uh, coming in. So it was actually like really clean, clear water that, we, cool. that we were fishing in, in the grass. So uh, shout out, thanks to Michael. Uh, really enjoyed the time up there. And uh, it's kind of a bonus because it's not really flood tide season yet. So I'm looking forward to it. Kind of lit the fuse yeah. for me. I, I'm, I'm going to actually make an effort to go up St. Augustine and, and uh, Jacksonville area a little bit more often this summer and try to take advantage of some of those flood tides because, holy shit, man, it's fun. It is fun to get in the grass on those things. I think we should we should make an effort to learn the southernmost one, closest one to here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just easier. Yeah. You don't have to go quite as far. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'd, there's only like a few exits. I'd do St. Augustine yeah. in a yeah. heartbeat. You know, I've done it couple three times in the past either between guana or st augustine I, yeah. you guys say when and i'll yeah. go yeah, that's a lot only of fun maybe what i don't know 45 minutes shit 45 minutes and you're in the water for sure yeah yeah it's an easy easy ride up there hmm. <coughs> so uh you guys uh Oh, we had a big move. We yeah, big that's move. what I was going to say. You guys, uh, yeah. well, uh, let's back up from that even. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about too much of uh, the the new skiff that you're building. You guys have two out of the mold now, right? Yeah, and out of the mold and kind of on hold-ish just for the move. Right. Um, yeah, so just basically outgrew and... and uh, Boxed ourselves in the old shop here in Edgewater, and then uh, scrambled up a new place in Daytona. All right. So thirty eh, about thirty minutes from my house. Okay. It's north of the old place. Uh, bigger, little, probably a little easier. Just you know, room to room. Right. It's just big. It's just that's the which is a good thing. Yeah. Because that's I, a haul deal, man. You just, room for activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much room. Um, <laughs> But with yeah the other place yeah if you had two you know two boats going on at all whatsoever and tools and tool cart and this and supplies uh, and that and the other you just start yeah I got cramped really you know you, you're moving boats half the day and then right. the other half cleaning up after yourself so this way I mean pretty much everything restoration and new stuff can be in there at the same time and walk around yeah. and everything. So, so this will actually probably be your all's first week starting this week that you guys really yeah. have your feet back yeah. under you from the move and, and, yeah. and really start making the devil's dust again in yeah. earnest. And we, we had some power interruptions this week and, you know, getting the air up and running and all that. So, yeah. Oh, you have air. Yeah. No, not well, air conditioner. Oh. Compressor air. Oh. <laughs> Not a uh, not AC. No, no, not the conditioned air. Oh, okay. yeah. no. the compressed air. Right, and uh, yeah, so we got a little bit of screwing around done on actually on boats this week, but not much. A lot more kind of 
hey, where did we, what box did this go yeah, in? Yeah, where what do you want you? this? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I would imagine that since you guys kind of had your, your groove on at the old space, you kind of had things as you're, as you're working in that old space that you're like, man, you know, it'd just be so much better if we could do it this or the other way or whatever. So by virtue of having to move to a new place, yeah. now you, you might be able to set things up and like maybe get workflow that's a yeah. little bit more. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And yeah. there's, there was way more just garbage stuff, just broken parts that had come off stuff that like, I had set aside for some reason. I might use this someday. Well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't even make sense. It was like completely <laughs> inoperable pieces and stuff. Like, oh, I, I have to keep this so I remember to order it or whatever. Right. There was just stuff like that. It was like, it really <laughs> added up. <laughs> like garbage cans full of stuff. I was like, man, that was... Uh, we we're kind of getting a little pack ready there. <laughs> so it's a little little <laughs> yeah. spring cleaning along yeah. with the move. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was that was real cool. Did the chair make the move? Oh, I got all kinds <laughs> of chairs, man. No. Kind of, oh, the uh, weird molten chair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got this chair. <laughs> it's a roller. It's a must see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a must see. It looks like a molten candle. <laughs> oh, because it's got a lot of, yeah. got a lot <laughs> yeah, of dry yeah, resin yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but the uh and the new place is uh it's actually older and creepier and super weird and has a little bit more character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's right up your alley. Perfect. Yeah. It's it's funny. There's a, a couple times in the move we were just kinda working kind of crazy, so I crashed at Carl's place and he and Annie like to watch these, like, I was almost framed for murder or <laughs> how I got away with murder for a while shows. And you didn't I've think definitely you'd make thought, it out? Well, I definitely <laughs> thought, like, okay, at some point, our building's just going to pop up. And we're like, right. oh, <laughs> this looks familiar. So, so the I almost got away with or I got away with for a while murder shows, I watched a show, I want to say on Netflix, last night. About Ted Bundy. Oh, yeah. Um, so Ted Bundy, I guess, started all the way out on the West Coast in, like, the Seattle area and uh, murdered his way through, like, Utah and Colorado. And then ultimately he got caught and convicted here in Florida. Right. And that all happened, according to the show I just watched, at, like, FSU. Interesting. Yeah. Now... I can't remember because I'm so fucking old. But when I was in college, wasn't there like another like, like at University of Florida? At Univer- who yeah. was that? Because because I was in that college was when that crazy, happened, right? Yeah. And it was like almost like the whole Ted Bundy thing. Yeah. Like it was a serial thing. Yeah. yeah. Who was that? There's big memorials there still. I, that's what how I because like, the whole it. time I was watching yeah. the show last night, I was like, wait a second. I thought that that he was the Gainesville murderer guy, but it was like ten years prior to that. Yeah, yeah. so I need to do some googling because I, I, I literally was in college when it happened, and like, of course, being all the way up in Tennessee, there was like, you know, they haven't caught him, and the rumor is like he's yeah, yeah. going from SEC school to <laughs> SEC school. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, oh wow, this yeah. is pretty intense, yeah. you know? Yeah, that was, I remember yeah. that. that was a big deal. Yeah, that was a huge deal. That's a good question. Because the the summer, bef- 
before all that happened. Yeah, the summer before all that happened, I worked at a camp in Hendersonville, North Carolina as a counselor. And several of the other counselors that I worked with went to school at UF. And so, like, when all of that started going on, I'm friend, I was, like, calling them, like, hey, dude, what's going on? You know, he's like, oh, my God, I'm back home and you know, wherever. I, I left the fucking, I'm out of Gainesville. Yeah, out yeah. of Gainesville till this yeah. shit gets figured out, mm-hmm. you know. Danny Rowling. Danny Rowling. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Known as the Gainesville Ripper. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Danny Rowling. Five students in four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. All right. That, that solves that mystery. Yeah, for, just Florida man. Florida stuff. man. Uh, I got to tell you, all those shows, more than likely, I recognize places. Like in Florida. Uh-huh. Like watching cops. Right. It's always going like, to be, oh, you're oh, always going to get one story. Right? I've been there. I've been right there. Like at whatever intersection or whatever it is. There's a 7 yeah, Eleven right there yeah, on that yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bomb. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, like um, Monster, Eileen Warnos. That uh, for sure went down <laughs> at the new building. Yeah. A lot of that stuff, well, probably. Probably. Yeah. They're, like, I can imagine Eileen Warnos had to have come and gone through the fucking Sunoco here in Oak Hill a few oh, times. Oh, for sure, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, that The place that she... You know, met a couple of these guys that she killed is on US One, still open. Really? Yeah. I think it's called the Last Resort. Field trip. Oh, no way. Yeah. It's just north of 5A or yeah. whatever that yeah. Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize. Yeah. Wow. It's okay. not very big or very. Right. Like, yeah. It's weird. It's just kind of some old. It looks like a. It's an old biker bar yeah. looking place. Yeah. And it's like. I don't know if they have it set up for bands and stuff out back, but there's some weird little field out back. Uh-huh. But that's p- part of that story. She's picking up dudes out of that place. Yeah, I think uh, most of her stuff happened between like South Daytona and like Holly Hill. No, the rich history. Which is, uh, <laughs> we fall smack dab in the right, middle of right that. Right there, so. yeah. You yeah. never know. Never know. We can, they we could can have, always the, uh, know. <laughs> entertainment center upstairs could have been. Right. Could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that area there was was Bike Week. That was like the jam Bike Week. Oh wow! That where where the shop new shop is. Uh huh. There's all motorcycle shops all over the place, and uh, apparently there's been some kind of change to kind of bring it more out into the beach and out of this particular neighborhood. Um, but uh, here it used to get kind of kind of wild, real wild. Right oh, I there. can imagine. The, you know, like. Bike weeks of yesteryear, right? But um, they're actually doing a lot to kind of clean it up around there. I was kind of surprised, I guess. Yeah, I thought it would be much rougher. You know, I posted um, on uh, our Instagram feed um, asking if any of the local folks that might listen to our ramblings um, would like to hook up and go to a baseball game. Oh um, yeah. yeah. I really do want to uh, do that, and it seemed like there's certainly enough people that expressed interest that, you know, it's not enough of a commitment or enough people that we do, like, the group ticket sales, and it's like, hey, you know, it's a T2F2, you know, night at the ballpark, but uh, I'm going to look at the schedule and, you know, definitely 
sometime in the next month, I'm going to pick one of the you know Thursday night uh, or Friday night games and uh, put it out there. I don't know whether you guys really want to go to the baseball I'll game go. or not, mm-hmm. but I'd like uh, to. it's yeah. fun. Uh, Thursday nights are thirsty Thursdays, uh, like dollar beer nights, and uh, believe it or not, they actually have good food at that ballpark. Nice. Yeah. So, um, also, uh, we definitely have the, uh, I think we're officially going to call it the Taylor Trash Fly Fishing Dinghy Derby mm-hmm. and Poker Run, uh, June 22nd. So, uh, if you are here in Central Florida or North Florida or West Florida or Pennsylvania and you want to circle a fun fucking day on the water on your calendar, June 22nd, uh, we're going to do the dinghy derby and poker run. And essentially what that entails is it's going to be a day spent on the water, uh, plenty of time mixed in there. If you'd like to fish a little bit for our knuckleheaded redfish, you can do that. But the goal of the poker run is there's going to be five stops, and along those five stops, rather than handing out playing cards and you trying to make a poker hand, and after three stops realize there's no way you're going to get a good hand and you know you're going to lose, so you just bail out and lose interest, we're doing it a little bit differently. Uh, We're going to hand out poker chips. Three different color poker chips, and nobody knows the value of the poker chips until the last stop. So once we get to the last stop, we'll draw the three different colors out, assign a point value to the first one, the second one, the third one, and then you tabulate all five of your chips according to color. And whatever the pot is that we collect uh, via entry fee, Half of that pot is going to be donated to the Marine Discovery Center, and the other half of the pot is a winner-take-all poker run win. So the more people that come and do this, the more people um, paying admission to, to get in on it, the better for the Marine Discovery Center, and the better for the lucky bastard that wins it. So uh, stay Stay in touch with uh, us on social media. We're going to be putting out more information. We actually have already gotten uh, some really generous offers of uh, support from different people for the uh, raffle prizes that we're going to put together. Um, In addition to the actual running of the uh, poker run, we're going to have different people, uh, anything from, uh, I'm trying to go back on my phone here. I made notes. So we'll do like a raffle at the end. Yeah, there's going to be a raffle at the end. Um, Cokes flies uh, yep. up in uh, North Florida. He's going to tie up some flies, I believe. And uh, so we'll have, you know, some, some good uh, custom hand-tied uh flies that'll be one of the one of the prizes uh nick down at flounder creek said he would put some product towards it so uh, you know it's really early on we'll we'll get a good good number of prizes and uh part of the you know getting in the poker run you'll get a couple of uh one or two or three whatever the number is of uh 
raffle tickets. And then obviously if you want to buy more to increase your chances, we'll do that. And a hundred percent of the raffle money is going to go to the Marine discovery center. So anyway, enough droning on about that. Um, I think it's going to be a fun event and, uh, hopefully we get some good participation. Yeah. Talking about Nick, do you see him? His wrist. Oh yeah. Oh, oh gross. Yeah. Okay, no, I didn't see any like of the gory pictures. Was no, it, it didn't come out. It was out an X-ray. Anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't see the X-ray. What? Yeah. How bad was the break? Like compound fracture? Like double? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He's, uh, I think he's off the fly fish thing for a little <laughs> bit. I don't think he's gonna have very good touch for a while. Well, you know, it, it was funny when I when I when I saw I saw the story. It was like. I, it was a picture of his arm and then there was like it was like something and I was like I don't get it like I don't understand it mm-hmm. and then the post and I was like oh you broke your arm so my comment on the broken arm post was howdy stranger because <laughs> 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 that's what he's going to be you know <laughs> yeah I, you know now come to think of it I don't know I don't know if he's a lefty or a righty, but I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what hand he broke. Well, when so maybe when, well when he said you know he's just gonna yeah, have to yeah. take a, a break from casting. Yeah. I figured it was his his dominant hand yeah, that he broke. Yeah. That's why I was like, hey, stranger. I mean, because you could you could pinch like a little strip, a little line with a couple fingers hanging out of the end of a cast. <laughs> right. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> True. Oh man. So <laughs> rest up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh and for him, he's fishing like he fishes like three times a week. Oh, I know it's got to be, yeah, got to be pretty brutal. Has has he moved into the new shop yet? No, they are still uh, still renovating the new place. There you go. Yep. Okay. I know they're painting the outside this weekend. Okay. They're it's close, getting close, close to where he was down there. Yeah, it's yeah. literally a hundred yards away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just cool. kind of more off the main street. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so it's cl- like more towards the waterfront, but south of where his shop is. Okay. Yeah. okay. So you, if you if you're going down Garden towards the water, and you see his current shop, you go past his current shop. You'd hang a right, not too far past that shop. Go half a block. Okay. Turn back towards the water, and it's right there. Okay. Um. So. It's a cool little building that uh, they purchased. Um, so they're not going to be renting anymore. They're going to be investing, yeah, you know, yeah, getting yeah. a little equity, which is cool. Good to see him growing. Um, yeah. Always loved the the local shop. And uh, Carl, have you gone into? Have they opened the uh, New Smyrna? New Smyrna. No. Still haven't no, this made the still move. Got paper over the windows and stuff. So I figure they're doing the same thing. Okay, they're probably macking it all out because their old shop was small, but it was. Real pretty. Right. Really yeah. nice cabinetry and stuff. Uh-huh. I imagine they're probably doing the same thing. Right. Getting it really dialed. Yeah. So everybody's moving, man. Yeah. Moving on up. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Wheezy and George Jefferson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. New Smyrna's is probably two or three times the size of their old one. Oh, really? I well, they kind of could use it. They had a lot man. of like stuff stacked on Yeah, it was top hard to move other. around in yeah. that shop. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in there in probably three years, mm-hmm. but... It uh, oh yeah, it was they definitely were tight when last time I was in there, growing and growing and growing, and it was you know the the room wasn't getting any bigger. Right, right. <laughs> Packing more in the poke. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what's uh, what's everybody got on the horizon? Anything uh, you want to talk about? Anything coming up that you're planning on doing? Mm. 
Good question. I think. No. No. Think Not really. Trying to get back to situation normal, building boats and yeah. barbecuing meats and. Yeah. Going from there. Get that little. Project. Three more weeks till school's out. <sighs> oh yeah. So Kids home. <laughs> well, How, how's that gonna How's that gonna change your uh, fishing schedule, Mark? It won't. No, <laughs> no. You'll still be okay. He'll yep. go more. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She'll tag along and. Good to go. She'll learn. All right. Well, um, I don't know, man. It's been a long day of drinking beer on the sandbar and pushing around chasing redfish and. Running from storms. Running from storms. I think I, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm pretty ready to wrap it up. I mean, yeah. I, mean mm-hmm. I guess if we wanted to, Ben, Carl, you guys could do like some silly voices and answer <laughs> questions or something. <laughs> I mean, question number one, what kind of silly voice do you want? <laughs> Maybe we'll let's just do that. Well, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking that's like you know that's like a format that seems like to be popular. uh, Yeah. In in Mm -hmm. fly fishing podcasts, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just thought maybe we should give it a try because I mean we're we're struggling. You know, we're struggling (laughs) trying trying to find you know new listeners and uh, keep listeners. Um, So So I can make up characters. Yeah, we'll like (laughs) make up characters and. Do you like silly voices and like get angry about stuff? Oh, people get really like charged. Yeah, well, only while you're doing the voice. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. It's like you yeah. know, outlandishly upset <laughs> and uh, indignant about okay. something. Yeah, we got to work on something this yeah. week. Yeah, and then I'm we, just not feeling it this we week. Could, yeah. Like we the could energy's not there into for it. Hawking products, fishing related products, kind of like a shampoo or essential oil salesman. Oh, but like a multi-level, like, yeah, multi-level, like fly like tying material, contraband animal. You know material. what? That, yeah. uh, you just came up with a brilliant thing. Like we, he sh- really, you did. know, the, <laughs> the multi-level marketing, <laughs> yeah. fly tying materials, right. and like other. Oh, I'm so actually good. thinking, like legit, like thinking about quitting my job because I don't lens. feel I don't feel like you know people appreciate what I do. Right. I don't think they value what I do. Right. So I'm thinking about quitting, just throwing throwing in the towel, and I'm going to teach fly tying and fly casting full fucking time. But yeah. the thing is, if you were to sell them the fly tying materials during your sessions, it would be like a Tupperware party. Oh shit! Have you been Have you been looking at my notebook? Because that's actually what I've been writing down that I'm going to do. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the, the one thing that's holding me back is. I'm not sure how to whip finish. Mm-hmm. So once I get whip finishing down, I'm going to quit my fucking like, job. What was that company? I promise you. Amway. Amway. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're hey, don't make fun of Amway. <laughs> Amway is is responsible for uh, the DeVos family owning the Orlando Magic, right? You know, so yeah, multi-level, really. multi-level marketing, Multi, yeah. it, it can work. Wow. Wow. There's, there's it worked like, for one person. Well, it sounds like it works for the oil and shampoo people too. Oh, essentially. So oils. we haven't yeah. we haven't talked about uh, our our dear friend over in Australia in a while, the Hokey Pokey, April Vokey. Oh. Hokey Pokey, April Vokey shot a rabbit the other day. She she did. She shot a rabbit yesterday, I believe. Was it yesterday? Damn, yeah. Why is it 
feel like my week's so much longer mm-hmm. than a day. I it's been a pretty. I long can't day. remember with any sp- specific example other than Charles has Being started <laughs> has started like taking on more of an active role in some of the stories. Some, yeah. I, I still I still find great humor in how disgusted he is with being included in it. For sure. But he's definitely like warmed up to it a wee bit. He's he's at least I think he's just accepted that it's going Yeah, happen. I think it, I think it's like, you know. Still doesn't like it, but he's like whatever. Let's just get it over Let's with. Let's just do it. I I love I love that just what you said, just get it over with. He was he he pulled the ultimate man card move and was like, "Okay, look, honey, you're doing this silly fucking hunting quest, and it's not because we need it to feed our family or any anything else other than you just want to do it that way. So I'm gonna watch the baby, and you just go get it out of your system. Yeah, <laughs> and he just like he was like, just go, just go, and she did." And she went out and lived in the bush until she couldn't stand the smell of the bush any longer and was like, I've got to get back. I'm disgusting. I'm ready to see my family. I need a shower. And I think she's pretty much over it at this point. I think she's good with fishing again. I've seen a lot more fishing photos and videos and Adelaide playing with more dead critters. And Right. the, uh, The interesting thing is she had a couple shots. That she could have taken, but she was kind of into that. I don't do, I don't shoot does deal. And, ethical shots. Well, I don't think it's unethical to shoot a doe. Um, well, no, I, I, I certainly don't. I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, <laughs> from a conservation standpoint, I don't see an issue with it. Um, it's what doe tags are for. Exactly. Um, but she she messed up the axiom of don't pass up the first day what you'd be thankful for the last day. Right. And got to the last day and was like, damn it, I haven't shot a deer. I passed up three. I should have taken them. I was struggling with my ethos on how I was going to go with hunting and what I was going to kill and I'm not. I've sorted it out. Next time she's dead. But round one. she. Uh, well, hopefully now that hunting season is over. She'll go back to her old thing of, of fishing more because it's you know a lot more enjoyable when she's happy. Nobody yes, nobody nobody likes a, Did, a, a bitter I, internet wife, and that's what she that's what she's become for me. It's like you know the the internet wife that you get to relate to, and <laughs> and you, you get to watch Charles like manage it, and you're like you know I'm kind of digging his 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 management style, you know. Yeah. Did you I haven't I haven't tried to employ any of that with Shannon yet. Nah, I probably for, wouldn't for fear of a black eye. Yeah. But yeah. uh you know, I, 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 I don't, I'm starting I don't to he, starting to build up a little bit of the, <laughs> the the confidence to like, you know, be like, Well, why don't you just go off and do that for the next two weeks and I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> the, uh, did you I did see where she had like a pretty big emotional breakdown in her yeah. truck. Yeah. I, I was started watching some of that. That was kind of entertaining. I don't know. There's something about that that <laughs> just like hunt, a little, hunting little and taking a shot versus not taking a shot and all that stuff. Like it's so fi- it's so like final. You can't just catch them and look at them and then put them back. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's something about that just like not that appealing. But it's if too, your whole goal is meat, work. oh yeah, yeah. And, well, and, 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 and I want to feed my family this type of meat and product. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing, Carl. She she knows that there's no taking it back. Yeah. That's why she was so conflicted about yeah. 
whether she should, whether she yeah. shouldn't. And, and she was never able to exceed that, that thought, process. that decision making yeah, yeah. process to loose that arrow. And then she gets to the end and she's like, wait a second. I've been struggling, riding the struggle bus, all this, and and now I've come to the realization I woulda, I shoulda, I coulda. Yeah. So now she has an entire year to think about it. Yeah. And we'll see what, what see next, next season brings. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's For fine. Sure. She's, she's, one of the, she's one of the people in my feed that does a lot of stories. Yeah. And um, let, let me ask you guys this. Do you guys find yourselves watching stories more on inter- on Instagram now or actual postings it on depends. Instagram? I prefer the postings. I, I'm still more of a way. posting guy, but th- there's certain people that I'm like, uh, if I see they have a story, I want to see their story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, it's a little sure. bit more, and then there's certain people more context a, to it. Yeah. And then there's certain people I see have a story. I'm like, ah, damn it, I don't have time for this. Right. And I'll just like swipe it really quick. I just never watch them. And then even I have an app now where I'm able to see that you do that for me all the time, and <laughs> oh. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Thought I got away with that. Uh, uh, the have you noticed that I follow you and then stop following you and follow you again? Uh, did you follow me after the boat ramp today? Yeah, yeah, for a minute or two, and then I unfollowed uh, you again. I haven't checked to see that you unfollowed me, but I did notice you followed me after the boat ramp today. Okay, well, you know. Which is the second time this week, Larry. <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> a man of mystery over here. Boom. Keeps me on my toes. All right, well, uh, looks like we've uh, hit the two-hour mark, and mm-hmm. Lord knows we don't want to fucking spoil anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't have two three-hour rippers back to back. But Ooh. I will say this: let's try to let's try to get back together a little sooner than three weeks from now. Because yeah. yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I, I kind of start missing you guys. Yeah. It's kind of fun to sit around. It's, here. I look forward to it. Here. You know? <laughs> All right, Mark. What do you got queued up for us? Something really fucking grand. I hope. Sure. All right, episode 26, Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. We will see you guys the next time. Good night.